Mizuki Makes presents I Dream of Jungle Gyms Episode 9 Disappear I remember it I wander the docks as I always do Every day is the same Awake, cover up, hide, scavenge, beg, eat if I'm lucky Sleep I sat crouched on the old wood I always wear the same thing A thick brown frock covered by a shawl. My shawl is black and itchy, laden with tears and shoddy patch jobs. Spare change? Please, spare change. I just need some food. It is a city of wood and ocean. Docks go out as far as the ocean floor allows, weaving around in a maze. Closer inland, it all connects to the boardwalk, but I haven't been back there in quite some time. Too many eyes, too many cops. But out here, I have some breathing room at least. Problem is, I don't get enough attention some days. Please, anything you can spare. It is a city of cold glances and sneers. To these people, I don't exist, and if I like my life, I should keep it that way. May as well be a leper. Magic is not a welcome gift, it is a punishable offense. I, unfortunately, was cursed with such a gift. I am allowed no job, no housing, and no entry into stores. I am allowed a life and nothing more. If I'm caught doing magic, I'll no longer be allowed that. I remember it was a special night. Because on nights like that, I feel human again. Just for a little. So I grab my earnings for the day, four bronze (laughs) and a seashell, and I walk towards the boardwalk. The shell was a faint pink, and its smooth, cool surface felt like relief on my burning calloused hands. Hot, humid summers may be nice to visit the beach in, but not to live in. My bare feet stumbled along the splinter walkway. I watched the sky colliding with vibrant oranges and purples. It looked straight out of a painting. Avoiding other people, I slowly navigated my way to the market. All along the pier were stands and tents, which was good for me because then, technically, I wasn't inside and couldn't get in trouble for buying anything. But closer to the boardwalk was the market. There are little stores and shops there, even a few residencies, so there was one store in particular that I would go to. I don't know what they sold, not that I could afford it anyway. But as the sky grew darker, I approached. Inside was a small family, a cold man with well-groomed facial hair that was graying from stress rather than age. A tired-looking woman and their daughter. She was wearing a white long sleeve shirt and a little black dress over it. Now that I think about it, it was strange that she was wearing long sleeves in the blistering summer, though I suppose it could have been to protect her skin. I knocked on the window. They were closed already and were about to head to the back. The man looked at me, then to his wife, and approached the door. He cracked it open. I'm sorry, I don't think we can tonight. 
It's starting to get too dangerous. Please, I said, holding out the four copper. I need this. Uh, use the ocean, he said, moving to close the door. Quickly, I stuck my hand out and grabbed it. Please, sir, you do not understand. My body is covered in cuts and open wounds. If I bathe in the sea, the salt... He grimaced from the thought and looked at me. You could see the thoughts running through his expressive green eyes. <sighs> Make haste and lie low, he said, grabbing the copper and stepping back. Hilda, darling, grab a towel, he said as he closed the door, looking to see if anyone was around. The woman ran off, grabbing her daughter's hand and dragging her along. Thank you, kind sir. I bowed my head down. Think nothing of it, he said, barely holding his agitation. He watched me carefully, probably making sure I wasn't stealing. Finally, his wife returned with the towel. Thank you. I extended my hands, allowing her to place it on me. I wouldn't want to scare her by grabbing for things or getting too close. It was a rough towel, an old one worn thin through use. She started walking back to the rear door she had just come from. This way, she said. I followed her through the back room to their small residency. It was only one room. The daughter had already lied down to sleep on her cot forged of blankets. The only other room was a small bathroom. A toilet, sink, a small shower. There wasn't a mirror or tub. The shower was only about the size of a doorway. Half of it had a wall to cover, but the other half was open for the world to see. We don't have soap for you, she said, pointing at the shower. When you're done, there will be a blanket here for you. You're welcome to sleep in here if you'd like. And with a shy, pitying smile, she walked away. I turned the water on and began getting ready. Finally, releasing my body of the heavy cloak. I felt like I could stand again. Stretching my spine all the way up. I often forget just how tall I am. So used to the ground. Next came the dress, and just taking it off, I felt twelve layers of grime release its tight grasp. <sighs> I hopped in the shower. Cold water felt relieving on my blistering skin, so I took my time to rub away the built-up sand. Tracing my fingers along my tattoo in dark ink, almost like a scar, it spiraled along my side from my thigh all the way up to my shoulder. In a way, I guess it was a scar, since I was born with it. My eyes eventually fell on the little girl staring at me from out of the shower. My hair was long enough where she couldn't see anything explicit, but she definitely saw the mark. She stared, holding onto a blanket in her arms. Thank you, I said, expecting her to place it down and leave. But she didn't. She just kept staring at me. Um, I don't think you should be talking to me, I continued. Your parents wouldn't like that. She continued staring at me. Yeah. If you're not going to leave, could you hand me that towel? I asked. She turned away and grabbed it for me. I dried off, taking my time. I was hoping, if I didn't acknowledge her, she would just go away, but she didn't budge at all. Only looked away until I put my dress back on. 
That's dirty, she said softly. It's all I have, I answered. There was something familiar about the girl, almost welcoming if she wasn't so eerily curious. Like, like I was an exhibit. My memory gets foggy after that. We, we talked, talked for a little, little though I'm not, not sure, sure of what. what. She, she had, had this air like she was judging me and thought of me as filth. But at the same time, she almost seemed like she liked and respected me. My theory is that she could also do magic, which is why her parents would pity me and take me in. But at the same time, they kept her away from me because they didn't want me teaching her anything and being a bad influence. The last thing I remember was handing her that pink shell. It felt like she needed it more than I did. It was a beautifully painted story that my mind made that night. I Dream of Jungle Gyms is written and directed by Alexandra Hooper. Produced by Alexandra Hooper and Samantha Mashinsky. Sound designed by Samantha Mashinsky and music by Brandon Hooper and Wanye. This episode featured Alexandra Hooper as Alex and Samantha Mashinsky as Annabelle. If you're interested in keeping the dream alive, consider following our socials at Mizuki Makes on Instagram and TikTok. And there's an I Dream of Jungle Gyms Facebook page. I Dream of Jungle Gyms is a production by Mizuki Makes. Keep dreaming! <laughs>